Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today we are bringing back a very popular episode from season one of Thrifters Villa, like a hundred episodes ago, which is crazy, if not more. But today we are going to talk about sustainability and sustainable brands with my very good friend, Jill. We are going to dive into new sustainable brands that are on the market, their backstory. We're going to reference some of the other sustainable brands we talked about in episode. Uh, I don't remember what number, but it's in season one. I, I, will <laughs> I don't remember what number that is. 21, maybe. I'll put it in the show notes, um, but we're going to get right into it. We will see you at the table. Probably should have prepared for that. <laughs> we will see you at the table. <laughs> I really Love should us. have. I think it's episode 21. I don't know. It's in the show notes, guys. But Jill is back. She is back to Thrifters Villa. Hi. Hey. This is Happy very exciting. Yeah. So Jill and I, life is busy and we're both very busy people. <laughs> and we have not talked in, I mean, we talk. But we haven't like sat down and talked to each other in a while. So we have been chatting for the last hour about life. Daniela watched me eat dinner while yes. we had a Zoom chat about <laughs> about life. Yes. And then we started talking about clothes. And I was like, wait, we should probably record this. Yeah, I think, <laughs> so I think it's time. <laughs> I think it's time to do that. So um, there's lots of new listeners since you came on in season one. So before we get into kind of updating on the that episode that we talked about sustainable brands. Why don't you introduce yourself to the people so they know who you are? Perfect. I, my name is Jillian. I'm 34. I'm also a Rhode Islander. Um, I actually just celebrated my five years on Poshmark. I think it was the 5th of April. Ooh. I did not make an Instagram post. Uh, I thought about it. I thought about getting a balloon, but <laughs> I did not do it. Um, I full-time, I work for um, a liquor distributor. Uh, I manage a brand portfolio and then part-time I resell. Yes. So Jill is the one who got me into reselling because people always ask like, who's the one who got you into it? Like, yeah, I used to sell things, but like Jill was the one who got me into it. She wrote me in. We went to, she was my first bins partner. We went to yeah. the bins together. We have been friends. That's when you for found that Dior dress. That was the trip when you didn't come with me, like the following oh, okay. time that I went. Yeah. Iconic. No, you, we found the fry boots that time. Yes. You found a fry messenger bag. Yeah. I sold that like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Um, Jill and I have been friends for, we figured it out tonight, like 15 plus years. Oops. So through an ex-boyfriend of mine who didn't last, but here we are. We did. <laughs> yeah. We're still friends though. Um, yeah. Which is just crazy. Like we are, we're, we're actually like friends. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. So this episode is going to be fun. We're going to reflect on season one's episode where we talked about specific brands and we went back and we listened to it and we have a list of them. Um, we want to just start off there with like, where are we at with these brands and do they still apply to reselling today? There were some like updates that we were trying and things we wanted to hit. Uh, during that time in our life this was four years ago so a lot of things have changed in four uh, years I'm calling uh, it the hot or not list like I feel yes. like we're gonna go over everything that we talked about four years ago and be like yes I would still buy this no would not buy this anymore 
Yeah. And then we're going to go through some new brands. Um, some are new to us and some we have found before or heard about. So we're excited to dive right in. So um, one of the first things before we go into the brands that Jill and I both talked about was that we were in the process of trying to find and buy a house and we were using reselling as our way to get there and success. We both made it. (laughs) Yes. So I'm actually closing in on almost three years of the date that I closed on my house. Mm -hmm. Um, I bought, I bought three years ago, like right in 2020, I, you know, wore a mask when I toured the house and, (laughs) and had to beat out 500 other people just as the market was starting to get crazy. But Luckily, I got in a great time. I think Danielle, you did as well, like kind of right before everything went insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, my entire down payment was funded by reselling, which is incredibly, honestly, I'm so proud of myself for that. Yeah. I think it's crazy that I was able to turn other people's trash into <laughs> literally a down payment for me because I, I think about it all the time. Honestly, if I hadn't bought a house when I did, and if I hadn't done it the way that I did. I don't think that I would have been in a position to buy post that timeline. And honestly, I would be paying just as much, if not more to live in an apartment by myself at this point. Whereas now I'm able to kind of, you know, have, I have a space to resell. I have a reselling room. I have storage in my house specifically. That was part of what I was looking for when I was buying a house. And I think it's so important and just like, Generally, when people are like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I manage a brand portfolio and I sell clothes online because it's like, it is a job. It is. It is. And that was something that was important to both of us, right? To have that extra space to continue to run what is a business, even though it started off as something fun for us, where it's like, oh, we can just save some extra money. I mean, both of our businesses have both grown and um, continue to grow, even though things are really tough right now. I mean, it's brutal, absolutely brutal. (laughs) Yep. It's really, really hard. And I I think we can both confidently say we're in very different places with our reselling business this year compared to the last few years. Um, but it will get better. It will get better with time. Um, but yeah, so we both checked that off our list. So it was just funny, like listening back to that and being like, wow, I remember that. Like we were both like, we need to save and we need to like do all this and find all these brands. And we were so hyper-focused on it. Like that was the goal. We were going hard and we did it. Yep. Um, the other thing that we talked about was focusing on quality items over quantity. And I think this rings true to a lot of people who have been in the game for as long as we have. Um, where you start off with that quantity mindset and then some people stay there. And I think that's great if that's your business model works for you. But some of us decide "Mm, this isn't for us. We have the quality items. Why don't we start focusing on that? And I was saying to Jill Jill before we started recording, if anything, her and I are even pickier and more selective on those what we even once consider quality items, we don't consider quality items anymore. Um, for me, it's how, just, it's a, it's a lot of touch points yes. when you pick up anything. So if you pick up four things at the store in a week, you still have to clean it, sanitize it, photograph it, list it, store it, ship it, you know, all the above. And I think what I was starting to veer towards even four years ago when we did that episode was kind of, you know, risk versus reward almost mm-hmm. like it's like, 
you know, I, I know for a while you very specifically went through like cost of goods, like you were more mm-hmm. concerned about paying less and like doing that kind of thing. And I was just kind of like, if you want to charge $19.99 for this dress savers, I'm going to pay it if it's going to make me a hundred dollars right. or more. So realistically, I still have, I would say I will pick up things that I can sell for 50 to 75, but ideally I'm really looking for things that I can sell for over a hundred dollars because especially it being a part-time situation, I don't have 40 hours to dedicate to it. And if I did, I mean, honestly, who knows what I could do and I might get there eventually, but I only have really 15 to 20 hours a week. And that's really spending like a full weekend day on that and also sourcing three, four times a week after work. And for me, that time is better spent and better utilized on something that's going to net me a higher profit. Let's talk about that because I think we both came from the mindset at that time of like spending every free moment sourcing to find items. And I think we've both really taken a backseat to that. And it's like, when I can get there, I'll find what I can find and I'll find other ways to acquire inventory online if I need to, but like, I'm good. Like I can go twice a week and I'm good. I honestly, I was just out of the country for a week. I went to the thrift store maybe once the week before I left. Um, I used to really go as often as I possibly could, you know, like I would go Tuesday through Saturday and just kind of go for an hour. Even if I could touch two stores in 25 minutes, I would just run through and see what I could grab. And I think going forward, it's really going to be more of like a one or two days a week kind of thing for me, because honestly, the the stuff that I think, and I don't, I don't, I don't know how to say this really. The stuff that I'm looking for is really not the stuff that a lot of the other resellers in the area are yeah. looking for. And I may be blowing up my own spot here, having this conversation about the brands that I look for that yeah. I think are the best things to find. But, you know, after several years of doing it, it's kind of like, I'm not hyped about the Madewell jeans anymore. I'm not souped about finding an Everlane t-shirt anymore. To be honest, they're in their flop era. And I'm just not looking, that's not what Mm -hmm. it is anymore. And I think that um, when you really dive into some of the better things that people seek out and some of the sustainable brands that people seek out that we're about to talk about in this episode, you can really do less and make more. Absolutely. And that's the goal. Absolutely. And work smarter, not harder. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? (laughs) It's true. And I and I think we're both very similar in that way. We used to have a text chain, Jill and I, where like we would specifically say, Okay, I'm going to this store at this time. I'll let you know how it is. And like Mm -hmm. we would base our decisions off of that and like we would separate them out. And then as time has gone on, it's kind of like we don't really need to do that anymore because we'd split the stores. Like I'd be like, here's the two I'm going to pop into today. And she'd be like, all right, I'm going to take these two. I'm going to do one socket and I'm going to do this one. And I'd be like, all right, well, I got these two. Yeah. And then, you know, like it would be like, oh, it's lit. Oh, it's not lit. Like don't waste your yeah. time. You kind of think they're stocking. They're not stocking. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, just... that's, it's changed. It really has. And that's... we both, and it's funny because we, we both look for similar or the same things, but we both find different things all the time. And it's just because we, we go to the same stores. <laughs> like we both live in the same area. We go to the same stores, but we have two very different experiences, which is like, it just shows you like, yes, there's competition out there. Yes. There are times there's lots of resellers in the thrift store and it's 
hard to find what you want. The thrift store prices are really high, but like there is opportunity. You just have to narrow in and focus on what it is that you really want. Just like you said, I pass up Everlane almost every single time I go to the thrift store. I pass up almost every Madewell piece that I go by. Like I don't pick up Eileen Fisher and I haven't in years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, not even new with tags anymore. No. Not even no. new with tags, Daniela. It's really, <laughs> it's really depressing. And like I said, right? So I know Eileen Fisher was something that we talked about and they were like kind of like the OG sustainable brand. Yep. I think that it's still popular, but also it's one of those things where for a while it was really big. It was really exciting, but then things start to show up at Nordstrom Rack and then things mm-hmm. start to show up at TJ Maxx and mm-hmm. then things show up at Marshall's. And then instead of being in the designer section, it ends up in like the regular section on the clearance rack. And yep. it's like, everybody's looking at a silk t-shirt and they're like, why is this $69.99? Even though it's marked down from two sixty eight. Right. That doesn't really bode well for reselling. And while I can appreciate what they do for, you know, with their clothing for right. sustainability practices, it's also the same thing, in my opinion, that happened with Everlane, right? So Everlane used to do, they used to drop one item at a time. They would drop, they would have like a wait list of 30,000 people waiting for this pair of shoes that they took three months to drop. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I don't know if anybody's been on that website lately, but I was looking for work pants. Number one, Everlane loves a 26 inch inseam. I'm a, I a short girl, but my legs are long. I have no torso and I don't no. want to be wearing high waters. And then you wash them and they're cotton. And no matter what you do with them, they're going to shrink, right? So they're comfortable. Yep. They're great. They are flattering as much as I hate to use that word. I do like Everlane pants. However, everything has gone up in price by like $30. Yep. Those pants used to be 68. Then they were 78. Now they're 98. Some of them are $118. They brought on a new creative director. I don't know if you know that to try to pull them out of that flop era, because it's like how many polo dresses right. can you release in the year, in the year of our Lord, 2021? Like nobody mm-hmm. wants that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just, it's crazy to, to see like how that's changed. That used to be my favorite brand. I used to purchase Everlane retail. Me too. You know, I will not anymore. We'll oh. get into all that too. Um, another thing that we talked about was size inclusivity and that went with girlfriend collective, which is on our list as well of a sustainable brand that we talked about. And we really were passionately talking about how, okay, if this brand can go up to six XL, why can't everyone else do it? And from Four years ago to now, we've seen Lululemon now finally decide to go into, I think they go up to size 24, um, but not in everything, but they're, 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 they're getting there. Athleta has always been size inclusive. Um, We've seen Madewell take on plus size instead of just doing, you know, size 34, size 35, 36 in the waist for a jean. They actually have a 16W, 18W, 20W. So they started to branch out like that. Everlane has not. Everlane does not do it. Um, Reformation has done it. So we've seen a lot of brands that we talked about start to add it in. I still think there's a lot of room for improvement. The only brand or company, I shouldn't say brand, the only company that has really taken it on, I think almost 100% would be Anthropology. Yeah. I would say, yeah. But also... I mean, like, there's like a, there's a lot of brands that like, you know, universal standard, for example, like really works off of the size of an average woman's body. Right. So universal standard small is like an 810. 
because yep. that's that's an that the average size of a woman is 14 yep. 16 right so yep. that that would then put them at a medium um yep. which is a great average right so medium mm-hmm. is like kind of like average size so um I think that there's a lot more that can be done I think that a lot of these sustainable brands like while it's nice to see extended sizing, it's nice to see 3X, 4X, things like that, um, across the board, everybody can do better. Because Absolutely. listen, I there's so many people who don't fall within standard sizing. And the fact that as a business, you're not willing to, or not able to um, provide clothing to such a large audience blows my mind, right? So mm-hmm. I do know from like a production standpoint that, it doesn't make sense to make clothing that's bigger and not actually fit it to the shape of a body that is right. larger, right? Because a lot of brands will just make bigger patterns of their of what they already sell. But a size 20 in jeans, those jeans are not going to fit or lay the same way as a size, as a waist 26. And that's just, it is what it is. That's how it is. But I think that while it's nice that some of these things exist, there's still a lot of work to be done there. Mm -hmm. Which is why a brand like Good American has done so well because they really take into consideration the shape. Say what you want about the Kardashians, but Skims does a really good job about it too where they take into consideration that each person at different sizes has different shapes. And when you reach that, you know, quote unquote plus size range, the body is shaped differently. I mean, you could be, really tiny up top and just have really big hips and be considered plus size because you don't fit into a standard size. So you, maybe you fit into a 14, maybe you fit into a 16 because you need it in that bottom half and good American has really done it the best. And I think a lot of denim brands have looked to Khloe Kardashian's company and said, Oh, okay, well, she's so successful. How can we do that? They have those jeans. I haven't tried them myself, but they have those jeans that are kind of like fits a range of sizes, right? So if you Mm -hmm. are a person who fluctuates, like I fluctuate a lot, there are some days where I'm in one size and Mm -hmm. I have the same pair of pants in a size up as well for like a week that I'm bloated or when I just like am not feeling well or in the winter time or something like that, where Mm -hmm. I'm maybe not as focused on other, like as far as like, maybe I'm eating more because I'm lifting heavier in the gym or something like that. But like, the fact that they have that as an option and recognize that people's bodies do fluctuate in such a way where it's like, you might need two different pairs of the, yeah. two different pairs of the same pants in two different sizes, I think is great. And I think that more companies should work off of that model, but I don't know that they will because they do want to sell you two pairs of jeans instead of one. Well, but that's really what it comes down to. I still think that it's a pretty cool idea. Yeah. I think a lot of it's just consumerism, right? And it's capitalism at its best. Like how else are they going to make their money? They need you to buy another pair. Yep. That's really what it comes down to. But so size is a whole other conversation. I know. <laughs> That's another podcast episode. Yep. <laughs> uh, the, but I will say in the last four years, inclusivity has gotten better, but there's always room for improvement when it comes to it, like you said. And then the last thing that we talked about was a brand that we're going to bring up, which is the comeback of Levi's, which I think was so funny listening back to it. Like Levi's is making a comeback and here we are. And it's like, Levi's is just it for most people. And like, guys, is it the rib cage straight is my favorite pair of jeans. Every pair that I have, I have five pairs. Every pair that I have, I've thrifted every pair. 
right? I have 27 inch inseam. I have 29 inch inseam. I have dark black, wash black, dark blue, mid blue, light blue, super light blue. I love them all. Yeah. Um, and then I think the most popular kind right now is baggy dad, the yeah. baggy dad, the high loose, like, yeah. Oh, the high loose is huge. High loose. Listen, I, the way that I squealed when I found a pair of Levi's high loose at the thrift store, I was like, Oh damn. But he's gonna fit me. Can I have them? I know the the high loose does not look good on me. I tried them not on. Me. Nope, they're no, not, am, they're not meant for our bodies. <laughs> listen, I am a millennial through and through. I can do a I can do a wide leg very specifically if I am wearing like a the right flare. Shoes. Yeah, no, no, like a wide leg. Like I want the whole leg to be wide. Like if okay. you're gonna be wide, give me some room in my thigh. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need it to be like tight to the bottom and then a little lip, um, like a yep, little yep. flare boy. I gotcha. Um, I can do straight leg, love a good straight leg. Cause it's kind of like, you know, tapered and it makes yeah. my ankles look less. Ankly. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Um, but you know, I don't know about you. I've pretty much removed skinny denim. Mm from the wardrobe so like this I would say like the skinniest pair that I have is actually a pair of vintage Levi's 550s and they're Uh, more like a taper situation and they look cute with sneakers but that's like as skinny as I'm willing to go I need my I need my calves to have some breathing room (laughs) these days I um I don't have any like skinny skinnies I'm not like I don't have any millennial skinnies I have like a they call it a skinny, but it's like a straight tapered. It's not really a skinny. It's like that new style, like a slim boot, maybe kind of like a slim boot. It's got like that straight esque to it, but it's still skinny enough where like, if you wear a pair of flats, you're like, okay, this reminds me of when I was younger, but it's not like jeggings. Not in such a tragic way. <laughs> yes. 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 Although I hurry, I hear, and I keep, I keep Don't hearing that skinnies are coming it. back. They no. are. Listen, I have a 20 20- two-year-old Gen Z sister. Well, she's about to be 22. And so every year for Christmas, my sisters ask me to thrift for them. This is like my favorite thing that we do, right? So every year they each make a Pinterest board with like outfit inspo, stuff that they like. They both have very different styles, but I kind of get them at this point, right? So my baby sister, my 22-year-old sister sent me low rise like low rise flare true religions she was buying them off of poshmark and depop herself this queen was looking for like baby tees like and i was just like i am triggered okay (laughs) and then the other sister who's about to be 26 sent me a an inspiration board full of pictures of fran drescher as the nanny and like also like hot topic ads from 2004 and I was like I am also triggered by this in a different way (laughs) so it's like chunky Mary Janes tall socks mini skirts yeah tights chains baby vests like looking like Aladdin but like cute it was just a whole lot but like I went through these things and I found these girls so much cool stuff like some of like literally like it was is blast but the way that they are both reacting to pants and denim in general is just so far beyond what my 34 year old brain can imagine putting on my own body (laughs) that it's shocking truly they just have a different 
viewpoint on fashion whatever fashion means to them it's not what i consider fashion but you know i look back to when we were in high school and I, why number one why it was bad yeah that era should not be considered a fashion era like that early 2000 like that shouldn't exist well, the, the thing is, is that, and I, you've probably all seen the memes, right? They're doing early 2000s, but they're not doing early 2000s. Right. You're not wearing right. a skinny scarf with a tank top. Yeah. You're not wearing the waist belt over a dress or over like a t-shirt dress to define your waist. Yes. And if you guys could see me with my air quotes right now, it would like blow your mind. Like they're not doing dresses over jeans. They're not doing the Misha Barton. You know what I mean? Oh like, my the, God, the we're tunic not, dresses. Oh yeah. We're not, we're, this is not Ashley Tisdale. You know what I mean? They're not doing it right. They're doing like the cute fun parts of it and like still being like hot. Yeah. That is not the experience that I had. Exactly. That was not it. it. (laughs) That was not it. Yeah. Fashion's interesting now that that's wild. They, They have two totally different styles. Yeah. So like the best thing I got, I think in my opinion, the best thing I found my youngest sister is I found these like low rise brown leather theory boot cut pants and they fit her like a glove, which is incredible. And I also found her this yellow animal print. It was like leopard. It was like yellow and black animal print, sleeveless mock neck, vintage Roberto Cavalli. Wow. And it was so fire. It was so fire. And then the other one, right? She's like, what did I, what she, I went like with like this like velvet mini square neck, like rampage kind of like mini dress that I thought that she would love and like wear out to like the bar with her friends in Boston. Um, You know, I found her some really cool stuff as well. Like I found like, uh, what is this? It was like, what's the brand of uh all that jazz oh yeah, or whatever. yeah. like some of those dresses like <laughs> yeah. they're really like like a high neck kind of skinny strap and then like a cross back with a low like scoop. Ooh. yeah like some fancy little fancy boys because she goes she goes out to the bar with her girls you saying, know, yeah. so. she's in her club era unlike us <laughs> i'm in my 9 30s late for me era <laughs> <laughs> i know we're approaching bedtime here we are <laughs> All right. So some of the brands that we talked about, we've already kind of alluded to. So the first one is Eileen Fisher. And I think we can both agree that while Eileen Fisher is a wonderful sustainable brand, they have wonderful practices in their business to create these sustainable products. Um, They try not to have a lot of water waste. They try not to use certain chemicals. Like they are very conscious of that. Um, And yes, it's a wonderful lag and look brand and, and women will spend lots of money on it. But when it comes to the resale market, it just has changed a lot in four years not hot no it's not i don't even pick it up new with tags i know so sad it is sad how the tides have changed i know uh the next one is everlane and i think we've we've spoken quite a bit about it it's not hot guys it's not hot no no. no, if you find a piece in your size for yourself, then by all means, pick it up. But um, you're not going to get, honestly, $38, maybe. Jeans are like 25 if you're lucky. Um, I basically have, I st- 
tried to reorganize some of my denim um yeah. in my inventory and I put like a whole tote full of Everlane jeans and I realized how many Everlane jeans I really had and I was like all right cool so next time I go to a Buffalo exchange I'm just gonna bring these up there and hope that they'll give me like $12 in credit for each one just cover yeah. the cost because basically between the time I started buying Everlane jeans and now they're charging anywhere between like $6.99 to $17.99 yeah. for a pair of those jeans so you know, if I can break even on them to just like not have to look at them anymore and not have to have a whole tote full of things that make me angry, um, you know, might as well. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you there. The next brand, we both love this brand. This is, this is a hot brand, Kuyana. And that's hot. It is. And this was like new at the time four years ago where, I mean, new to, I guess the reselling market and we had both said in the episode, like, oh, my God, I can't wait for us to, to own one of those. I'm going to save up and buy one while well, we have them. <laughs> yeah. So um, thank God for Thoretta Partner Kits. I did a couple Kuyana kits, and I actually have three bags from them. Um, a couple of, like, zip leather pouches for travel and a belt. And I love them all. I've used all of the bags, like, one of them I have has like the insert in it for like my laptop for work. And then the one I have now is like more of like a shoulder sling, but it's still a big boy. So I can like fit my whole laptop in there. Um, I find the quality to be amazing. Mm -hmm. I think they're made really, really nicely. I've had no issues and it's been a couple of years, at least with all of them. And the one that I toted around the most, um, other than the pen marks on the light pink interior, because I'm a disaster. I was going to say, Jill's the worst with handbags. I am. I just, I literally throw it on the floor. This is why, like, I don't buy nice things, you know? I mean, I do, but something I'm going to use every day, like a bag, I could never spend more than $400 of thread up credit on because I'm just going to beat the crap out of it. (laughs) She does. That is a known fact about Jill. She will ruin it. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a one of the large bo- backpack that they have. Also bought that with Red Up Credits. I think it's like three forty eight for that backpack. It is the best backpack that I've ever bought. I've worn it when I've gone on day trips. Uh, when I went to New York City with my sister, like it's comfortable. The material is great. The leather wears in the most beautiful way. Um, it doesn't slouch too too much. Yeah, it's great. It is. It's pebbled. It's soft, but it's structured. Um, and the thing that I love about Kuyana, and I believe they still do this, uh, I listened to a podcast maybe like six months ago from the creator and owner of Kuyana, and she said like their mission is to only create a certain amount, which is what sustainability is all about, in a time span, whatever it is, and then once it sells out, it sells out, and it goes on like a wait list, and you go on a waiting list, and when they make more, then you'll get an email saying, okay, we're dropping this item again. I believe they still do that, but they have expanded from when we first talked about them. They have wonderful clothing pieces, um, beautiful silks, cashmeres, uh, a lot of like, it reminds me of like loungewear, but it also can be really worn to work as well. Like it's, it's comfortable, but it still can be business uh, casual. Um, but and but they are expensive. I think that's one of the main points to it. If you ever find a Kuyana bag at the thrift store, I, okay, I have not. Absolutely buy it. I would I would yeah. have no qualms about that. Oh, buy it, rehab it if you need to. But like, I have never seen it in the thrift store. Besides a, I've found like a dress before. I found pants before, like things like that. I found the clothing pieces, but I've never found a bag. But that is a brand that you should get, and I think 
a lot of people when the partner kits came out kind of did that in order to resell it. They they got whatever credits that they wanted, purchased the pieces and sold it. Um, so there's that one. Another one we talked about was flax. I don't pick it up anymore. I haven't bought flax in four years, probably. Yeah. I buy it for myself if it's in my size. I'm, I'm a linen, I'm a linen girly. Yeah. But again, it's not, I'm not, I'm not trying to give log and look vibes. That's yeah. not, that's not the move for me. I just want to be breezy when it's 90 degrees outside. I don't want to yeah. look like, I don't want to look like anybody's grandma. Yeah. Yeah, no coastal grandma here, even though we live on the coast. Um, no. But their pants are great. Um, I have two pairs of flax pants and a flax dress. It's like a fitted midi style sleeveless dress I like to wear in the summertime because it's linen and I can wear shorts underneath it. And it's like, I'm good. I'm not sweating. It's great. But like, I don't buy it to resell anymore. I have two pieces that I'm still selling. And like, I think I've sent offers of like $15 at this point. Like someone yeah. please take this. Yeah. Um, I think the next brand we talked about was Reformation, which we started chatting about actually prior to recording this episode. I was on Reformation website today because I'm going to um, a horse race in Kentucky next week, which is um, Derby week, but I'm not going to the Derby because I'm not insane. But um, (laughs) I was looking for a dress to wear to it because it is still kind of the same dress code. And I still have some partner kit. gift card funds on there and reformation is awful quality listen i don't know if you guys have found it thrifting i don't know if you've purchased it retail i have never spent money of my own other than like at the thrift store on anything from reformation if i paid the prices that they charge for their viscose dresses i would be so angry like Everything I own from them has been through like a thread up partner kit or something that I've thrifted that I've decided I was going to keep for myself. The cotton t-shirts shrink. The viscose dresses shrink. They're like, yeah, dry clean it, but then you dry clean it and it shrinks. The only things that I own from Reformation that I love is I bought a um, a wool sweater, which I've not washed, but I've worn about 20 times. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, just like, you know, Hold it back. I don't need to wash my those closet. things often. I don't, but I do like that. That was purchased with a um, thread up partner kit credit. And then I also got a pair of like black leather square toe high heel boots when I was like, okay, I'm going to be trendy and get like some square toe boots. They were almost $400. Um, I did have the credit for that, but truthfully, and they are nice quality. They really are. The sole is nice. The leather is nice. They wear in well. The creasing looks good. It looks intentional and not like crappy. But would I have spent $400 of my own money on those? Probably not. No. To be completely honest with you. There's so many other brands that you could spend $400 on to get a nice pair of leather boots. Reformation is basic at this point. And like, while I can appreciate that a lot of it is sustainable, I think that there are better if you're going to spend your money in yeah. retail on a brand that's sustainable, there's so much better quality that you can find for the same price. They're, in my opinion, exploiting the sustainability of it and charging yes. a lot for crap. Yeah. And I think that, okay, you can claim to be sustainable because of your practices and how you make items. But at this point, you're looking like H&M and fast fashion to me, the way that you construct these pieces, how many you push out 
and what they're trying to do. Like, it's just not the same mission. And I, I get it. They got big, but the price point is not warranted for what they're creating. Now, do I like to pick up Reformation dresses to resell? Yeah, because people will pay the money for it. Um, in a thrift store, absolutely. Right, right, but is it really worth that money that people are paying for it? No. I feel like even resale, though, it's definitely dropped it's off. It's coming down. Like, it's coming way down. Like, you know, even, I mean, if you find a linen dress, I think that's a different story. But yes. if any of the other viscose, knit, Reformation jeans stuff, like, I say this all the time when I do post on stories, when I find some stuff in the thrift store, like, yeah, I'll pick up Reformation jeans if they're priced well. But if they're priced right. over $12.99 in the thrift store, I'm not going to buy them because they only retail for $98 to $118. And then they only resell for 60 to 80 if you have a popular style. If you don't, you're looking at 40, 50 bucks, which is right. just where Madewell sits. So what's right. the point? It's not special. Right. It's not special anymore. Um, the next one is Bowdoin, which we were both surprised with the last episode that they were considered sustainable. Um, so are. Yeah. I, I don't buy it. No, me neither. <laughs> no, I don't no. buy it. I mean, like, I think Bowdoin is cute. And I think some of the stuff that they do for like mini Bowdoin is really cute. And I think like, you know, I have friends my age who are teachers or yeah. you know, a couple years older than me that do like love Bowdoin because it's all pretty reasonably priced, cute yeah. kind of, you know, business casual kind of vibes. Um, occasionally I'll find like a new tags, like Bowden top like a long I found this like long sleeve green striped kind of puff sleeve oh, thing cute. and I'm like a stripe girl so I bought it for myself you know yeah. but like other than that I'm I'm not going out of my way to pick up Bowden new label old label I don't know the difference between the yellow dot and the pink dot but I'm not gonna buy it either either way yeah I bought, yeah I bought a couple that were new at tag over the last year um just to experiment with it i'm like well it's new with tag it's the newer style and it was cheap enough i think it was like 6.99 or less so fine i'll experiment with it because i i like to do that sometimes just for like my own knowledge to just see yeah. like okay is this brand becoming hot again or is it really a flop and um the, it just doesn't move so all and these bowden pieces that i have i need hot. to get them out <laughs> not, not hot, hot. <laughs> not hot <laughs> Um, girlfriend collective while we love its inclusivity and the brand is great it is on its way out she fell off guys she fell off like no i don't listen i'm just gonna say this i wear like i go to the gym a lot i go to the gym like five or six days a week i wear leggings i have thrifted girlfriend collective i have purchased girlfriend collective i'll say that i do like the tops i like the sports bras and i yeah, like the, the bras are good. from girlfriend collective the pants are just not it they don't fit my body correctly i don't know if it's just the material that they use if i don't love that much compression because i am like a lululemon a lion person yeah. i don't know really what it is but First of all, the stuff is not wildly expensive to begin with. Right. While it's wonderful that it's sustainable, and again, they do go up, you know, extended sizes and things like that. I think there's a lot of it floating around out there. Mm -hmm. um, I have not thrifted a pair of girlfriend collective leggings in at minimum a year, if not longer. I will buy the tops if yes. they're under $10 because I can resell it for 40, 50. And I still think that's something that people search for. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but I like the tops for my, for myself. So even yeah. if I find like kind of one of the crop top, like long line bras, 
if it's a small, medium or large, I'll buy it for myself. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. I just like think they're comfortable to wander around in, but I would say girlfriend collective medium hot. Maybe okay. Not. Yeah, but it's heading towards like the low end of heading hot, towards like heading towards like not even. We don't even have a simmer. There's no yeah, simmer yeah. anymore. No, no simmer. Yeah, which it's is like sad to say. Warm. Like this Call actually is really sad warm. to us when we talk about it because it's like it these is. things were so big four years ago. Yes, and now they're not. <laughs> I know. Well, we have Levi's, which we've talked about, and I think. Um, then we have a Levi's episode on Thrifters Villa that you guys can reference too. But there's so much, so much content out there on Levi's, vintage, new styles. They're sustainable. They they are sustainable as much as like they mass produce. They really do try to be conscious about their water consumption when creating the jeans. Can you edit in a clip of Paris Hilton going, "That's hot"? <laughs> Every single time. Will I get like a trademark strike though? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> anyway i'm levi's, pretty sure that's trademarked levi's still hot oh yeah hot. but i think it's on style right so like we mentioned rib cage yeah. um high loose the dad the baggy dad one yeah. there's yeah. they have um oh my I god i don't buy like 7-eleven i don't buy no. mile high skinny i don't no. buy 501 skinny i'll no. buy 501 taper like ct like the custom taper ones or whatever um i'll buy certain vintage levi's like yeah. we've talked about with, like the different tags and like 501 xx the student fit all that kind of stuff hell yes yeah but i'm not buying anything with stretch in it unless it's nope. like one percent elastane yeah. um in one of the more popular styles yeah there's um not don't buy the wedgie Buy the wedgie straight. Don't that one denizen. is the one that sells. Don't buy denizen. <laughs> buy Levi's. It's not the vibe. Um, okay. We had Madewell Eco Edition Denim on here. And and I think Madewell is one of those brands where it's like Everlane, where it's it's pretty flat. It, it hasn't done much. Un- and while uninspired. yes. Right. And while yes, they had the Eco Edition. I really don't consider them that sustainable minus that <laughs> component. J crew company. They're cranking these things out for 140 yeah. bucks a pop. And it's like the gene really doesn't, it's not warranted. That price tag on that gene is not warranted. Can you still resell the perfect vintage gene for 50 to 70 bucks? Yeah, you can. It's absolutely possible. But also your thrift store is looking at that and going, Oh, Madewell, people like this. Yes. 1899, $16.99. Yes. Um, yeah. I will say I did thrift a pair of perfect vintage wide leg jeans, which is like a newer style. Um, I actually went and bought myself a pair retail probably in like the fall of last year, because I just had this crisis with pants like I just have like every once in a while go through a pants crisis like I'm just like I don't know how to wear clothes anymore (laughs) you know so like I (laughs) I went and I found them and I really really liked them um and then I thrifted a pair that are still sitting in my death pile which I do not want to talk about but they were from 2022 and I was like willing to buy those but other than that if it doesn't have the soft fabric tag from like late 2021 or newer i'm not touching it with a 10-foot pole because it's mm-hmm. just gonna sit in a pile mm-hmm. yeah I, I probably pass up 90 percent of made well that i see 
I'll buy like a Madewell dress with its new tags um, yeah. every now and again. I'll buy some of the silk pieces if they're nice and like more substantial pieces like a blazer or a coat right. I would buy as long as it was newer, like a coat or a blazer newer than 2019, 2020, I would say. Yeah. Other than that, dead to me. Yes. Also not sustainable. <laughs> also not sustainable. Minus eco edition, which I don't even know what that really means, but sure. <laughs> uh the next one we have um, get right (laughs) we have amor vert and um i have come across this brand more frequently than i thought i would over the last four years but it does not resell for what you think it's going to resell for resell for anything yeah it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't not hot not hot uh christy dawn lukewarm temperature with christy dawn right now lukewarm christy dawn for me i think we were just discussing this actually i think prairie's over yeah i think prairie's prairie's coming to a halt i will say i do own um a couple christy dawn pieces personally i'm wearing a christy dawn t-shirt right now the only reason i own it is because of a thread up partner kit may they rest in the sweetest piece (laughs) um i have three of these t-shirts they're wonderful I did buy, um, the last thing that I bought from them actually was a couple months ago. They came out with this collaboration. Um, it was called like plants heal and things like that. And they were actually really beautiful, like embroidered sweatshirts. And that's definitely more of something that like, I'm going to get wear out of versus a prairie dress because of just like my lifestyle and like what my actual style is day in and day out. Um, I've thrifted Chrissy Dawn, I think once or twice. One time I found it at like a Buffalo exchange for like 20 bucks. And that was lit and I sold it like immediately because that was in the height of Christy Dawn um I have a couple sweaters that I bought from Christy Dawn with thread up uh credits that I won't let go for less than what I paid for them because they're still beautifully made but they haven't sold so you know they're definitely a slow mover yeah, I mean, I think Christy Dawn is like really kind of like a niche market. There's definitely like fangirlies, but also the fangirlies buy them when it goes on sale because it never used to go on sale. But now there's like Christy's birthday sale where you get 30% off and then there's this sale and then there's yeah. this leftover sale. And, you know, while I think that it still has a place, I don't think, I think it's, fallen from the arc it's definitely on its way into a slow it's a slower move now yeah. than it would have been yeah if i found christy on four years ago to thrift store i would have like cried i know same same and it is still very much sustainable their mission is what it is i mean they use a lot of dead stock fabrics and um but they create limited pieces and i mean it is sustainable so in that aspect yes it's great but just be aware of what the market is like. Um, same goes with this brand, Spell. Man. Yeah. It hurts. How the times have changed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Guys, listen, I found Spell one time in a thrift store. I was so thrilled, right? I was pumped. I was like, oh, hell yeah. I sold it. It was great. They had a sale one time and I bought a couple dresses and I was like, yeah, these are going to be, you know, these are going to be great. I'm going to wear them. I wore one of them one time. The day I closed on my house, actually, let's circle back to that. that. Yep. Mm -hmm. I wore that dress. I actually sold it recently. I put all of them for sale on Poshmark. Three of them are still new with tags. They have not sold. Yes, I'm charging a lot of money for them because I paid a lot of money for them, even on sale. Um, But 
definitely has fallen by the wayside. Um, I even found a pair of like some like rarer boots of theirs that I got them on the real real, I think for like 60 bucks and I was super pumped about it. They haven't moved at all. Yeah. Maybe it's the wrong season, probably listed them too late in the year because of who I am as a person. Jill Still, hates like, listing shoes. I no, I love listing shoes. I just hate sitting on the floor for well, three that, hours and this is true. hammering through like a pile of shoes yeah. again because of who I am as a person. <laughs> yeah, um, spell it kind of like I I see it as Christy Dawn. It's a very similar vibe. Um, it's very whimsical. It has a following. I just it doesn't excite me anymore and it doesn't sell the way it once did and honestly if it's a basic piece and I saw in the thrift store I probably would leave it I probably would not pick it up unless it was a dress or shoes or belt like something with more substance I'd get but a basic piece you could stick your hand in and you wouldn't burn yourself (laughs) it's lukewarm yeah lukewarm uh manduka which you had brought up last time oh no i brought it up and i had never heard of it but you said that you had used their yoga mats before i don't know if they're still a thing they are still a thing i think that i don't know that they still do things i don't i haven't picked anything up the last pair of manduka leggings that i picked up i think i ended up sending in a box of thread up when i was doing like a clean out um at the very end when they were starting to phase out the partner kits and I was just like blowing through inventory that I'd had yeah. for four, three, four years that I just, yeah. I think they ended up in a box like that. And you know what? They gave me enough money to not buy things at Reformation. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, sustainability friends. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, sometimes we are not the most sustainable people. <laughs> Uh, people tree uh, they're like a free people that's like the best way for me to describe them I've never found people tree ever um so I really can't give much feedback on that but I I do know they're a popular brand but can't give you much on that Patagonia and Colombia we lumped those two together in the episode geez the OGs (laughs) I know but I don't even pick up all Patagonia anymore no okay so like certain things I will so like yeah. the retro x fleece yes. like well, that, I that's a given slowing down on like the snap tees because yeah. even like I I have a bin very specifically for Patagonia only like the thing is is this like as I've gotten older and I realize that I like to be outside and like I'm more of like an outdoorsy person and yeah. I want to go hiking and camping and things like that have you walked into an REI? Do you know how expensive that stuff is? It blows yes. my mind. Like when I see people wearing like Arcteryx and Cotopaxi out there, I'm like, holy guacamole. You yeah. are literally dripping in diamonds essentially, but like yep. you're dripping in outdoor diamonds. Like yeah. you and your Merrells, you're kicking it, kid. Like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so expensive. So I have this thing with Patagonia where like really substantial pieces. Yes. Am I going to buy like those, like, what are they called? Like the um the you know the liners, like the long sleeve shirts. Oh, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. You know what it's like capoline or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely not. Am I gonna buy shorts? I'll buy baggies because people like the baggies and like especially if it's like a rare print, I'll buy some of the pullovers, but I'm a little bit more particular with the snap tees. Like if it's an extra small, I'm probably not going to buy it. If it's an extra small and it's bright purple and it's $14.99, I'm going to skip it. Yeah. If it's like a men's medium and it's like, you know, navy blue and 
oatmeal colored. Absolutely. I'll buy that. I actually just bought one recently and it's now mine and I love it. <laughs> it's so comfortable <laughs> and cozy. Um, but I think Patagonia is one of the original sustainable brands. Yes. And I think that there's something to be said for like the longevity of their products and they really do stand behind their stuff. So personally, I love them. I thrifted a Columbia coat for myself actually this year. It was like basically brand new. I paid $25 for it. I wore it all winter long. It's so comfortable and I have no issues with it. Would I buy Columbia to resell? It would have to be something like what I thrifted for myself if I had been willing to give it up. Um, But other than that, I, I won't buy like a Columbia fleece or anything like that. No, just not the, just not the move. No. And I, I, if I found a new tag Columbia down jacket, maybe if it wasn't priced at 39 99 at the thrift store, sure. But like, it's going to be priced high at our thrifts. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. Um, The last one that we talked about in that episode, and then we'll get into all the new brands, which is I'm sure what you guys are waiting for. Um, Boyish, which I have never found and Jill has found. So what's wow. your experience? So I found it one time. They're a really cute pair of jeans, actually. Um, they I priced them high because I was like, oh, damn, I'm so excited to have found this brand. They're one size too big for me. Otherwise, I would keep them because they're super cute. But they haven't sold. And, you know, I was actually looking for a pair of the same jeans and a size down from the ones that I have in my possession. And really, people are selling them for like 50 to $70, which huh. is sad to me because I think you know at the time of our first recording that was when the creative director I think of Reformation had left and then opened up Boyish um so it is still like a sustainable denim brand I just think that it never really gained the traction that it it honestly warranted I think um I think it's a great brand and the jeans are super cute and I wish they fit me but doesn't anthropology carry Boyish sometimes I don't really. I feel I like I saw it, it on their rack in the clearance rack once. Maybe, maybe, maybe like one of those kind of one-off things. Yeah, they carry some weird stuff now. Like I don't really browse it that often. Occasionally, I'll stop into that local one that we yeah. have just to look in the clearance room, just to see if they have anything like. Yeah, one of those good like one-off pieces in there or something that someone that, returned. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you're like, oh, you dropped a linen faithful, the brand two-piece set here, and now it's $80. That's mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I don't really I don't really check it out. Yeah. So that's our synopsis, I guess. On the of what um, we talked about the last time. Yeah, yeah. Which I'll leave if you want to hear the full episode, I'll leave that in the show notes. But we want to talk about some new brands, brands you guys have probably either maybe heard of and some that you probably haven't heard of um things that we are definitely on the lookout for things that we have found um and that were new to us because we are constantly learning about this i think jill and i very similar is that we like search out these brands like as soon as we're like looking on the rack if there's something that sticks out to us the label the construction something like we immediately grab it yeah yeah we're researching it. We like, and then we'll share it with each other. And um, it's, it's nice to have a relationship with someone like that and to be able to share that information. So we want to share it with all of you. And this one brand that I found that I'll start off with that Jill knows more about than me, but um, it's called Laud the Label. And apparently it was called what before? Tribe Alive. Tribe Alive. I found it in the thrift store, new with tags, 
I don't know, maybe like three or four months ago. And I had no idea. I mean, when I saw the construction of the label, so it was like a nice cloth label with a pretty font on it. Like it gave me all the vibes of, okay, this is something. Like as soon as you see that cloth stitched label, guys. Marketing to a mid thirties, early (laughs) thirties, dual income, no kids. Let's spend $300 on this shirt. Yes. I'm buying it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But and the and it just it reminded me of like it reminded me like an Eileen, like the way the the fabric felt, but it had a more modern spin to it. Um, well, the pieces ended up in my closet, so that's that's what I I, I didn't quality, sell them. Girl, quality. <laughs> um, but Nothing to give you a little sustainable back- though than thrifting sustainable brands, right? Right. <laughs> so that's like kind of you're crushing it. It is because I paid eight ninety nine per top. Nice. They retail for like three hundred. Yeah. it's wild so law the label is a sustainable fashion brand based out of los angeles i did a little research on them they were founded in 2016 so they are a newer company in in terms of fashion brands it is female owned their aim is to create ethical sustainable and high quality clothing for women which i can attest to the pieces are definitely have that high quality feel the construction is really nice to it they use eco-friendly materials um they practice their production process to try to find new ways to create more sustainable production process and they like to use fabrics like organic cotton tensile and linen um all three pieces that i have are linen which i love uh so i don't know too much about the backstory but i believe they had a rebranding right which then made them so i found a couple pieces of tribe alive at my thrift store one of them was like a zip back kind of three-quarter sleeve top which is cute and then the other one was like kind of like a mock neck wide kind of boxy fit um, thing and i actually kept the the mock neck one um i have the denim back zip kind of hanging out in my closet i think it's going to be one of those things though that i end up kind of either redonating or just kind yeah. of like dropping somewhere just because it's like the fact that the brand doesn't exist as tribe alive anymore. It's not like I'm going to list it as Laud the label and be like, Oh, this right. is pre rebrand. Cause then they're going to be like, well, who cares? You know? So right. I just thought it was interesting because if you do Google tribe alive, it takes you right to the Laud the label website. And I was like, Oh, cool. Like, sorry, I just got an email. No, <laughs> I was like, okay. oh, cool. like, um, you know, like that's interesting to me that they would rebrand that way. So I just thought that, that was interesting because it means it's just been around a lot longer than. Right. Right. So a lot of the labels were around 2016, but Tribe Alive was before that. I don't know when exactly it came about, but um, I, and they, they are transparent about the production process. So if you go on their website and a lot of these sustainable companies will have that. If you go on their website, you can see their stats, you know, how they're producing things, how much water they've saved. Like they, they have those eco reports. I think they're mandated to, post the eco reports if you are labeled as a sustainable brand with the badging um you have to report on all that stuff so uh they have all that so that was my first new to me brand that's great if you find it for yourself i don't know what the resale value really is like because i think it's still fairly new in the resale market um but it does have a following so it wouldn't surprise me that it would sell for good money yeah 
Um, one of my brands was cotton. So K-O-T-N. Mm-hmm. Um, I found one pair of pants one time. I didn't, I did actually leave them behind. I think that they were someone's like work pants and they were like, mm-hmm. like a restaurant kind of thing. So I worked in restaurants for such a long time that I'll never forget the smell of fry later on clothing, especially <laughs> cotton clothing. Um, but cotton is good. I mean, it's, it's got like an, it's a start slash good rating on good on you, which is something that I usually check when I'm looking for sustainable brands, because it seems to me like, I don't know if you guys recognize this, but I think a lot of brands are recognizing that sustainability is almost a trend in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So as far as like, you know, representing yourself as sustainable and actually being sustainable are two totally different things. And like I said earlier, I mentioned just greenwashing and I think Everlane is starting to do the greenwashing because now they're mass producing and blah, blah, blah. And I don't want to like drag a dead horse or anything like that. I don't want to do that, but, um, you know, they've got a good, cotton's got a good rating. So the labor rating is great, which I think is really important because it's not just how your materials are affecting the planet. It's also about your water consumption. Then it's also how you treat your people and what your staff is like, right? So are you paying people a living wage? Are you getting representation of LGBTQ plus disabled, you know, people mm-hmm. of all sorts of walks of life? And are you willing to employ all of these people? Um, and they are. So, um, yeah, I mean, it kind of like minimizes textile waste. I think that it's a really cool brand to look into. It's not wildly expensive, but it's one of those things where it's definitely going to cost you more than if you were to say, go to Madewell and buy a pair of pants. But I think again, it's one of those things that's definitely better for the planet and better for the people that work there. When you were just mentioning Everlane, it popped into my head where we talked about this too in the first episode where Everlane used to have that sales section where it used to tell you, um, if you spend, you know, if you do the 10% off this much, you know, we make this much 20% if we make this much, blah, blah, blah. They have totally gotten away from that. So that's just it used another to be like, pay what you want. Like yeah. that was what it was. It was like, yeah. Oh, pay what you want. But yeah. now it's just kind of, it's what happens when brands go mainstream. It's what happens. <laughs> the next one is a brand new to me brand i found it a couple weeks ago and it's actually in this is what happens it's in my closet because it was my size and it's a zip up and it's by a company called new hue so it's n-u-h-u and it is a gender neutral um clothing company they are based in new york i believe they're in soho and they focus on all the colors of New York. So New York is like a rainbow, right? So they have every color of the rainbow. The color that I have is, of course, neutral because that's what I wear. I wear neutral colors. Um, but they focus on sustainable, sustainable non-toxic um, items, no harmful chemicals. Uh, they really look at their water consumption, overall energy consumption, CO2 emissions. So this is a n- not well-known um, I can't say that it's something that prob- that has a resale value. I couldn't find much of it when I did my research when I found it in the thrift store. Like there isn't much online, but I think it's a great company to know about, especially if you are looking for pieces for yourself. It's very basic. It's like sweats and zip ups and hoodies and like that kind of stuff. It's very New York. Um, but I just thought it was great that their whole mission is to be gender neutral and to have all colors of the rainbow. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So that was that one. One of my favorites, which I think that you'll probably recognize because uh, you love it too, is A Day. Oh, I love so A Day. So <laughs> I found this brand one time. I remember like 
I found a dress I found it on like the rack and I was like oh that, this fabric feels cool like this if it's kind of like stretchy it's kind of yeah. like athletic it's kind of cool yeah technical um and so I picked it up and it sold like really quickly and I found a couple pieces since then um and a day I think is really interesting I'm going to read you an excerpt from their website yeah. Uh, it says when sourcing fabrics, we focus on sustainable and long lasting fabrics, such as recycled, regenerated, biodegradable and bio-based fibers, renewable fabric manufacturing, eco-friendly dyeing and finishing and innovative performance properties. We are early adopters of more sustainably made fabrics, especially replacing virgin fibers with recycled ones at an equal or superior quality. In fact, 77% of our styles are made from recycled, regenerated and natural materials. Mm. So the whole ethos behind this brand essentially is capsule wardrobe kind of you shouldn't need to replace something every season you should buy one white shirt and be able to wear it for a while and it shouldn't wrinkle on you or stain on you or go out of style or things like that um and I think it's also good for people who travel a lot so I don't know like you know for me like I've actually been doing a lot of work traveling and sometimes I have to land and be ready to go and the fact that like the clothes don't wrinkle right and they wash well and I can roll it up in my suitcase and I'm not concerned that it's going to be gross when I get to where I'm going I think it's really really cool um they have kind of like a mid rating but I think they're also really focused on the people so if you kind of look into it they um they employ like all sorts of different people and they're really good and they pay a living wage, which I think is, it's wonderful. you know, <laughs> really important when you're charging $200 for a shirt. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the thing about a day. It is, it is expensive. I mean, there's no way around it. So if you can find it while you're thrifting, it's great. The resale is wonderful. I have sold four or five pieces now um, by them. I happen to someone donated their a day collection one time when I was at the thrift store and they there's like three pairs of pants, four shirts and um and a sweater or something or it was like a sweater type material and um yeah it they it does well it's but it is very technical so when you feel it you wouldn't necessarily think that it's anything because it doesn't feel like it would be something but yeah, it's a great brand um, another one that I've come across a few times is Elemente Clemente, and it is a uh, sustainable fashion brand based out of Germany. It was founded in 2002, so it's relatively new. It is minimalistic. It is very understated. Um, it prioritizes comfort and sustainability and ethical production practices. So when you see it, it's very lag and look. It's very oversized, like a size large could fit a one two x that's just how they're designed um but they're beautiful they're soft the linen is very very soft it's you know some linen can be i don't know kind of like thick and chunky and just doesn't feel like linen it doesn't have that feel to it um and they use eco materials all organic all natural materials uh it's very unassuming the label just says it's like a suede label kind of and it's just in embroiders is Elemente Clemente on it uh resale is all over the place mm-hmm. it's not really a brand that I would say has a great resale value because it is German and I feel like some of the European brands don't transfer over to the American market um but I like it for myself yeah cool I've never heard of that before awesome. yeah it's it's a nice one um, so next one that I have, I have a bunch here, but one of my favorites is Rudy Jude. Um, so okay. Rudy Jude is a 
brand created by a RISD graduate, actually. Um, oh. She's from Maine, uh, but I think that they have a store in California. So they do all plant dyed, organic cotton, natural material kind of stuff. Um, they have like a pretty decent rating on Good On You. I think it's like in the good section. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have purchased this brand retail actually I've purchased this brand uh on resale I've never thrifted it I think if I did I would probably scream I'd be super excited but it's one of those things where you know they drop the utility jeans which are the most popular thing that they have and they'll drop them for pre-order and then it's like you know six weeks shipping or something like that and then it actually ships in eight weeks and like the sizing is all gender neutral right so like it's like sizes one through size eight and it's like you know waist hip rise kind of measurements and so there's men's clothing and women's clothing and children's clothing as well um I really like the brand. I think it's pretty cool. I think that their imagery is really nice. I think that the vibe is really, really cool. Um, I've had to come to terms with the fact that I just don't think the pants are built for my body type. I'm not great with 100% cotton, even though I try and try and try. Your girl needs 1% elastane to fit (laughs) the booty in there. I just can't, you know, I'm just she I'm just built that way you know what I mean but I do love everything else that I've gotten from them they have some really nice like cotton tops and things like that and I think that the branding is cute it's just like a little tiny tag it says Rudy Jude and it has a little smiley face on it um and so if you ever find the jeans it's got a little leather patch with a smiley face on the back it's gonna add add to my list I've never heard of it very very cute um, I'm going to do one more and then I'm going to have Jill take the rest away because she has a nice long list there. But this is a brand that Jill has owns and I had never heard of it till today. And it's called Briar Studio. And it is a handmade clog inspired shoe from the West Coast lifestyle. Um, it is founded, right? Yeah, it is founded in 2012 in San Francisco. Um, every pair of Briar clogs are handmade in the factory. They dedicate the simple idea and best practices. Uh, I'm sorry, best products are made with the best materials. So they construct everything by hand. It's made with the strongest supplies you can find in America. Um, they use European solid wood bases, but then everything else is American leather. And um, I'm assuming the hardware probably is from America as well. So um, yeah, I, the the shoes, I want a pair. As soon as I went on the oh, website, cute. I yeah. was like, I want them. <laughs> They're made to order. So they do have like a ready-made section, I think. Sometimes they do things like either people cancel their orders or they yeah. like pre-make stuff for, you know, if they do like pop-ups or they have it in like an actual storefront. But um, I purchased my pair actually on Poshmark. I got them for basically retail um, because I didn't want to wait like six to eight weeks or whatever yeah. it was for the handmade ones. And I was telling Daniela, actually relisted them I never wore them because I bought them in a color called clay which is a really beautiful kind of muted pink and while I love them I don't wear colors I know this about myself I'm I try to branch out specifically in shoes it's really going to be white black nude sometimes red that's as crazy as I get I'll wear colored sneakers to the gym that's a totally different story athleisure Jillian is different than everyday clothing Jillian it is just is what it is I'll wear hot pink leggings I don't care but in real life absolutely not you're going to find me in the most minimal of colors you possibly can. Um, So that being said, I do have them listed if anybody's a 39 and they're looking, but it's a beautiful brand. They're like nice new buck leather. They're really well constructed. And I just think that 
it's just kind of a vibe, right? So a lot of these sustainable brands all kind of fit with each other. I think yeah. that a lot of the people who buy this kind of stuff are have a very similar style. Yes. Um, and it, I would say this, I love, I am really honestly passionate about sustainability. I think that it's really important, but I think that as far as sustainable brands go, and the style that they that they cater towards, I think it's more of personally my fantasy self more so than my actual self. Mm-hmm. I often find myself buying these like prairie dresses, like I own things from Christy Dawn, and I and I own those kind of things, and I do end up listing them eventually because it's like I'm gonna wear a pair of black high waisted trousers and a white button down and loafers, and I'm gonna wear that to work. And then on yep. the weekends, I'm gonna wear leggings and I'm gonna yep. wear a crop sweatshirt. <laughs> and it's just like I want to be this person. I'm not. I I envy people who like look really effortless in a pair of cute clogs. It just ain't me. Yeah, you know I know. I I was just having this conversation with Matt this week, and I was like, I want to be the girl that dresses up every day on the weekend and like looks put together and, but no, when Saturday and Sunday come rolling around, I'm in leggings and a t-shirt and I call it a day. FPM. I'm not, oh, yeah, yeah. there's no bra, bra on anything. To get it. I'm good. I'm done. She's done. I go to the gym looking like a homeless person in Lululemon. Like I'm just like, I don't even care. Absolutely not. I know, but I do, I do get what you, what you mean. Like, we aspire to be and look a certain way, but like reality also, is. Also, let me just put this out there. All the brands that we're talking about are like pretty expensive at retail. There, there yeah. is a, there is a cost to sustainability for sure. And I think yes. that a lot of it, while you can say this is an investment piece and blah, blah, blah. I think that is legitimate. Some of the things that I do own, which I'm going to go through a couple brands that I purchased retail myself, I think. I purchased pieces that I, that I really will probably keep for a really long time that are sustainably made. But otherwise, if you are interested in sustainability and looking to, you know, make your wardrobe more sustainable, the most sustainable thing that you can do is buy clothing that already exists. There is, there's nothing more sustainable than going to the thrift store and buying a Zara piece that you might wear for three years and then re-donate and somebody else is going to buy it again, because you know what? that piece of polyester already exists. And even though we're talking about brands that put all this effort into minimizing water and they treat people correctly, they're still making more and there's still already too much. So if you find yourself kind of wrapped up in, oh, you know, I need to spend $400 on this wool sweater because it's sustainably made and it's undyed, you don't. You can go find one at the thrift store that doesn't have a label in it for $7.99 that's been around for 40 years already and will probably last you another 40. Yep. So that's okay. my view on that. <laughs> well, no, it was a good, good little TED talk. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, I do have a couple other brands. Um, I don't have a ton of information about all of them, but there are things that I have found myself and things that I own. Um, so first one I purchased retail is a brand called First Right. So it's two words. First Right is spelled R-I-T-E. I bought this, you know, wool hand knit undyed beautiful fold over sweater coat that has like a little um, belt on it it was incredibly expensive it took a couple weeks to come in I had to hop on within three hours of them uploading it because it had like sold out so many times and it was the last drop of the season 
And I bought it and I've worn it and it's beautiful. And this is something that I probably will keep forever. Um, yeah. If I found that brand in the thrift store, I would absolutely pick it up. The sweater was almost $400. So wow. worth it. Um, organic Basics, another kind of like active wear, kind of loungewear brand. I found both leggings and a top from them. I have them both listed in my Poshmark closet, but I think that they actually are matching. I found them at separate times, oh. but the top matches the leggings. I think I might end up just keeping them because it is a really cool brand. Um, decently expensive, about $98 for the leggings, okay. $60, $70 for the Average. top. So pretty average for like a nicer quality brand. Um, something that you guys probably all know about made the label made the label. In my opinion, if we had talked about it four years ago, would have been like on the rise. I think mate is kind of on the drop. Actually, they started discontinuing a lot of their original styles. So the last time I hopped on the website, they were kind of selling out the skinny joggers and things like that. I think that they were just kind of moving through the styles that they had originally. I don't know if that means a rebrand is on the horizon. They do have really nice cotton. Um, there's a couple people who I think are part of the reselling community or used to be that work with Mate now as kind of sustainable fashion influencers. Um, and I think their stuff is cool. I found it. I've sold it. I would buy it at the thrift store. I would not purchase it retail myself. Mm. Um, Cezanne, which is definitely a fast fashion brand, has also gotten some like Ecotech certification on some of their um, fabrics. So some of their linen stuff is really nice. A lot of their wool is really nice. They're kind of moving away from using polyamide, which I think is great, even though polyamide generally tends to be kind of knit into fabrics to kind of keep the shape when you're laundering things. But keep an eye out for that. If you look at the fabrics on Cezanne, their silk is beautiful. Yes. Um, I don't think their silk is sustainable, but a lot of their kind of knits are. Um, that one was surprising to me. I didn't realize yeah. they were on that list. Agree, agree. I think that they're starting to make moves in the right direction as they start to get more popular. And I think the prices have gone up a little bit, but not significantly. Um, yeah. They're still kind of floating around the same, like, 120 to 160 for like a blouse but if it's something that you're going to wear on repeat like I have a couple of their Chloe blouses which are like the lace silk ones yep. and they're beautiful for work they're super comfortable it's like stretch silk so like yep. you know your girl's back is not like yeah. tight in there they're so nice <laughs> yep. um another brand that I found is called for days Oh, okay. So just the word four and then the word days, not the number. Um, but I actually thrifted one of their t-shirts. It's like a beautiful, stiff, heavy cotton. Ooh. It's not that expensive. They're kind of in like 30 to $40 price range, but it is a sustainable company. Uh, another brand that I love is La Causa. I tend oh, yeah. to find the linen trousers a lot. Yeah. I found um, like jumpsuits, overalls, things like that. They sell relatively quickly and for a decent amount of money, usually sell between 75 and like a hundred, which is yeah. exactly the price point that I really want to be selling stuff in, especially because the thrift store doesn't know about it. And nope. the labels are, sh they're tiny and they're fabric. And a lot of times they get like stuffed up Folded. in a corner and nobody knows. And yep. there it is. It's mine for $3.99. Yep. Um, another brand called Outer Known. I found Outer Known a couple of times. I've really only found men's pieces. I found like a, a fleece outer coat, which I think I sold for, I don't remember. I would have to go back and look, but I found like an overshirt and it was kind of like one of those like crinkly cotton ones. And I kept it because I thought it was just going to be great to wear to the beach this summer, like over a bikini or something. Yeah, It's just like really light, really nice fabric. It's an um, outdoorsy brand, right? 
Yeah, I'd say outer known. It's definitely more towards like the, I think, what do they call it? Salted granola. Oh, yeah. Style, <laughs> you know, like the, not not quite gore poor, but like, yeah. you know, one of those girlies. Um, another brand that I found is called Grammar. Grammar okay. NYC is on the, on the tag. I don't have a ton of information, but it is really sustainable as far as the fabrics that they use. The two pieces that I found are white shirts. One is sleeveless. One is long sleeve. Again, still listed in my closet, but are both things that I'm like, I'm going to pull these out and just keep because they're beautiful. They're really yeah. made nicely. Um, Baggy, also sustainable. Baggy is really, really popular. I don't know if you guys pay attention to any of like TikTok or anything like that, mm-hmm. but they do these drops and these crescent bags. I actually bought one myself. They're like not that expensive. They were like 40 bucks, but they do limited runs. So once they sell out of a color, it's gone forever. If you find yeah. something in like the color avocado, buy it. Right. So these are all sustainable fabrics. They're reusable bags. They have purses. They have like shopping bags that you would take to your grocery store. They have coolers and lunch bags. Those are really cool. Um, another one in a more reasonable price point, I think is Keens or is it Quince? It's Keens, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, I've thrifted some of their silk shirts, some of their linen shirts, actually bought a set of the bamboo visco sheets that they make and they're beautiful. They're like silky. They're really nice. And that's kind of one you of those... finding them in the thrift. I'm on I know, the hunt so for that's them. One of those like, um, kind of DTC direct to consumer. Yeah we're going to save you some money. You can buy linen sheets here kind of thing, but they do focus on sustainable and natural fabrics, which I think is really cool. There's that other brand too, Parachute. I love vanilla. (laughs) The way that I really spent, so I have a king bed. I bought linen sheets and I bought six pillowcases because I'm a pillow queen. (laughs) And I bought it on Memorial Day weekend, like two years ago, because I was like, I'm going to save 20%. And it was still over $400. Yeah. I was going to say, they're so expensive. Gorgeous though. Like they're so nice. And like, I break them out. They're so good. They're so good. I bought like, like the rusty kind of orange color and like the clay, clay pink as my um, pillowcases phenomenal i don't know if they're sustainable but they sure seem like they are (laughs) feels like it for the price point um (laughs) all right three other things i'm going to mention ten tree i feel like i've seen this a couple times in like leggings loungewear i don't think i picked it up i didn't think the resale looked good but it is no it's a sustainable brand yeah aloha's mostly shoes they do like great dupes of designer stuff this was listed on like a sustainable brand website so i have to do more research on that um Shayna Moat is another one I think that's kind of popular these days and then Hackwith which has been around for a while I feel like maybe did they cease to exist or do they still exist I don't I don't know if they still exist but Hackwith Design House um let's see are they still made yeah they're still made Okay. There was something similar to this I think it was actually it was Elizabeth Suzanne that's similar to Hackwith that they shut down, I think, mm. post-pandemic. But um, I think that's something worth mentioning too is with these sustainable brands, a lot of them come and go because it yeah. is so expensive to maintain the sustainable production, um, pay everyone fairly. You know, there's there's a lot that goes into it to keep the construction of the pieces that they have. 
that's why they're so expensive. Um, and a lot of these brands don't typically go mainstream. And then once they do, they tend to change. Um, so it's not uncommon to see them rebrand or change their name or just go out completely, which is sad. Uh, especially some of the really good ones. Yeah. Um, I just want to mention one more before we close out, but um, I, I had never heard of, well, I had heard of them, but I've never found them. Nudie jeans. It's N-U-D-I-E. They retail for like 200 bucks, um, but they're one of the, I guess you could say up and coming denim uh, sustainable luxury jean is what I'm going to call it. Cause a $200 pair of jeans is luxury. <laughs> yeah. That's expensive. I mean, a $200 pair of jeans is expensive, but honestly, when you think about it, they last forever. <laughs> yeah. But everything is expensive, right? So yeah. Levi's are like, I was just in Europe and I went to a Levi's store there and I was like trying on more rib cage jeans. Like I need more than five colors or five washes <laughs> of them. And I was like, you know what, let me just try them on. And they were like 128 euros which at the time that I was there was a dollar eleven, you know, per. So it was like an extra thirty dollars almost for that, which is pretty mm-hmm. expensive. I feel like in the US they're like ninety-eight dollars, but maybe yeah. that's because they're US made. Um, but jeans are expensive. And like they we are. were just saying, like you go to Madewell, it's like 138 to 158, depending on what the jeans are. And if you think about two hundred dollars, when I was younger, I would have been like, absolutely not. I'm buying all my stuff at Target. But if you are the same size and you are pretty regular right. and pretty consistent in what you wear and like the size that you buy, sometimes it can be worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a lot true. of my favorite jeans, like I said, are thrifted. But that doesn't mean that I haven't splurged on the occasional oh, yeah. pair of like Rudy Jude jeans, which I love, but don't fit <laughs> my body. So there's that. I mean, we're not afraid to admit that as much as we love sustainable brands, as much as we love to be sustainable, I mean, we resell. So we do love to be sustainable. Uh, We do like to also indulge in buying things retail. And I know that Jill and I have the luxury of doing that because we have a full-time job outside of reselling. So like, you know, it's a little easier for us, I guess, when it comes to that kind of stuff. We're also very smart about it because in case you didn't notice the trend, we used credits to buy most of the items that we really wanted. I mean, we're still smart with it and we do try to thrift everything, but there's there's just something about buying an item retail and like being kind of proud to be able to go on that website that you never thought you'd be able to go on and buy something. I don't know. Maybe it's just because of where we live in America and it's just, that's just the culture that we've always grown up in. But like, I don't know. It makes me feel like I'm in a place in my life where I can do that for myself sometimes yeah. if I want to. Well, to be fair, I don't think that I would be afforded that ability if I didn't resell. Uh, 100%. You know, I'm a single person with yep. with an income and a part-time income. And I've gotten used to that over the last five years. Yep. And I think that like, you know, while I think it's great that what I do helps to pull stuff out yep. of the thrift store and save it from a landfill and put it in someone else's hands. And then I'm also afforded the ability to make a profit on that based on my time and expertise and experience on that kind of stuff. I also then am able to utilize some of those funds to throw back into the economy when I'm trying to buy very specifically more sustainable stuff. So if I am buying something retail, it's either because it's like, a product that I use every day, like, you know, like shampoo, conditioner, but mostly if I'm buying clothes or shoes, it's either I'm buying it secondhand on the real rail. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Um, Just 
kind of dig through stuff that people wore or didn't wear and then dropped off at the real real for them to resell for them. Or I'm buying from sustainable brands and I'm buying less stuff yep. less often, but it feels like a better purchase. Like it feels like, like that sweater coat that I bought. I think that's like the last thing that I bought that was like really kind of expensive, but it's yeah. also one of those things where it's like, I felt good about making that purchase. Yeah. Like I didn't feel like I was like, oh, I'm being gross and just going to the mall and dropping $200 at Zara and stuff that right. I'm going to get rid of in three months. It right. feels like I'll probably have that coat for a long time. Yeah. And I think that's really what the sustainability movement is about besides being eco-friendly with the fibers that you use and the production, the chemicals and all that. It's really about buying pieces that are going to last you a long time and that make you feel good and that I mean you could you, theoretically pass down if you really want to because that's how they're built they're built to last years and years and years which will then in turn hopefully stop consumers from wanting to constantly purchase new pieces all the time I don't know about you but like and maybe anybody who's listening or even you Daniela like being a reseller, when I'm buying things for myself, I'm buying something in mind that either I'm going to keep this forever or I'm going to resell it when I'm done yes. with it. And I buy things with that in mind, right? Like, is this going to keep its value? Yes. Um, am I going to drop $400 on this sweater, wear it for two seasons and then be able to resell it for basically what I paid for it right. or at least half? If the answer is yes, I'm probably going to go for it. Um, that's yeah. definitely usually part of my sustainability process in my own head like is this yep. sustainable in general and then also in my own wardrobe and then also cyclical like something I can kind of recycle out yep. and then move and and kind of and rotate out when I'm ready for something new yeah well that's, that's our cool. spiel <laughs> that's the story morning glory if you're listening to this in the morning it's 10 30 at night yeah it is it is 10 30 at night we'll go to bed at nine yeah <laughs> but we like to do things you know this way, I guess. We like to live yeah. on the edge. Why not? Not not really. Not really. I too like to live dangerously. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, this was fun. I love doing this type of stuff too. And and um it's always nice to sit down with a friend to talk about it as well. So thank you, Jill, for joining me on this. For having uh, me. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Uh if you guys are part of the Patreon group, Jill and I are gonna do a little segment, probably not tonight. Um, <laughs> on uh, on just our process and sourcing and thrifting and and just kind of talking through our development as resellers. So if you're a Patreon member, stay tuned. You're going to be getting that as a bonus episode. And for everyone else, we will be back next week. Bye, everyone. Thanks.